doesn't get your blood boiling i don't know yeah i'm fired up <laughs> <laughs> hello world and welcome to cartridge club the monthly gaming podcast that is all things video games and this month we're talking about mortal kombat but not just mortal kombat 1 mortal kombat 2 and mortal kombat 3 it's a it's the mortal kombat trilogy uh this is for the month of december and uh, very excited about it. I got two guests with me today, and they're both named Chris. Can you believe it? Right over here, we got the old-ass retro gamer, Chris. How you doing? There. Good. Doing good. Thank you. And then down below, we got uh, CWR2, also known as Chris. He's the lesser of the two, if you're wondering. <laughs> you missed your you you really missed your 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 moment you could have said the older ass gamer but <laughs> oh, oh i did miss Same. my moment yeah. sadly that moment has passed yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being here gentlemen you ready to talk some mortal combat absolutely Damn, skippy I can already see we got to before we jump into it, we got to we got to talk about what's going on over here. Look at look at that. You got the Mortal Kombat shirt. You, you have a Mortal Kombat hat on. Yep. Oh, my goodness. You got the Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, that's the uh, arcade one up. Yep. And what, what's the on that one? plate over here? That one has Mortal Kombat 1, 2 and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on it. Nice. I could have also broken out my big Mortal Kombat and uh, Armageddon standee that I used to have over here. What stopped you? Come on. It's, it's buried in the closet. Yeah. I'm lazy. <laughs> So you're a Mortal Kombat fan. Oh yeah. Since basically since the first game came out. And and Chris down here looks like he's a college freshman in 2005, got his Scarface poster up and his Billy <laughs> Billy Big Mouth bat. But who should talk? I got Where'd you get that scar eating pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> I got an empty bed behind me. I look like I'm going to a porn shoot or something. Over right. <laughs> I ain't doing much better. Fluffers. Um, so welcome yeah like i said we're here to talk about mortal Kombat. as you saw i played the uh the mortal monday trailer which was uh one of the trailers to promote the the uh, imminent arrival of the mortal Kombat video game on home consoles back in uh, 1992 90 no 93 i think right oh why didn't i not write this down i think it was 93 yeah i think it's 93 um uh, but before we we get to the home consoles, I want to I want to back it up a bit because uh, I think it's important we talk about the state of fighting games in 1992. The, the Mortal Kombat arcade game came out in 1992, but I want to talk about before that what what was the world like in uh, 1992. So, you know, I was doing some research here, and as far as I could find, there is what is that six fighting games that were released like proper fighting games uh, that were released prior to uh, Mortal Kombat six. That's crazy. We got uh, back in 1985, you had international karate uh, on the ZX spectrum. 
You had Yi Air Kung Fu in the arcade in 85. You had the first Street Fighter in the arcade in 87. You had Street Smart in the arcade in 89. And then finally, we get to 91. The big one hits. Street Fighter 2 comes to arcades in February of 91. And then Fatal Fury uh, is not too far behind that, coming out in the arcades in November of 1991. So not a lot out there in terms of fighting games. Would you consider uh, Karate Champ a fighting game? Uh, on the NES? Like there was like the arcade version of it too. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess so. I, I'm not super familiar with it, but would uh, would you? It's, it's basically just two guys on a in a karate competition just punching and kicking mm-hmm. each other real generic. Yeah. I don't know what uh, this, this list I found, what, what the criteria was to, you know. I'm, I'm pretty sure international karate is the port. <laughs> so that's, yeah. So not a lot out there. And, uh, and then we get to August of 1992, and uh, the Mortal Kombat arcade game comes out and kind of, I mean, Street Fighter 2 definitely blew open the, the, the fighting game, but uh, Mortal Kombat was not too far behind that. I, obviously, following up, trying to capitalize on the success of Street Fighter 2, but it was well in development before that. Um, and this one was uh, a little back a story on the original Mortal Kombat arcade game. It was originally created by Ed Boon and John Tobias. Uh, Midway uh, had the license to create a game based on the 1992 film Universal Soldier, uh, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Boone and Tobias wanted the game to have a harder edge than the cartoony graphics seen in Street Fighter II, but then Midway lost the license, and the game uh, began to take shape as, as Mortal Kombat, as we know it, with um, uh, Johnny Cage's character, some say it's a spoof of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme, but there, there are definite similarities there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, just today, Chris up here, Upper Chris, sent me a video uh, about Mortal Kombat, kind of about the history of, of, of the game and the, and the movie and stuff. And um, I thought it was really interesting. They explained that they actually tried to name it Mortal Kombat with a C, uh, but that that was, they couldn't, they couldn't. I think uh, it was a movie that it called that. Yeah, it was, it was already out there. And so they just changed the C to a K, and that's why it's more... Both important. of those things are blessings in disguise, right? I mean, you, I lose, think so. your, you lose your IP, you create your own. Or yeah. you lose the license, you create your own IP. Uh, I think the K just looks cooler. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think it made it edgy. Yeah. yeah. And it's I like think X on everything, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Or Zs at the end instead of an S, you know? That's yeah. cool. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, it was supposed to be Universal Soldier. That falls through. They want it to be Mortal Kombat with a C, which it's so funny after all these years and growing up with that, it feels so weird thinking of Mortal Kombat with a C. It just doesn't doesn't make sense. Um, So yes, so Mortal Kombat comes out. uh, As reported by Replay, Mortal Kombat was the second most popular stand-up arcade cabinet in September of 1992, and then topped the charts in October and November of that year. It was uh, one of America's two uh, top two highest-grossing arcade cabinets in 1993, the other being NBA Jam, which I own Chris Roberts at, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that one. Baby. Can you go death run it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, undefeated. Undefeated in the arcade version of NBA Jam against Chris Roberts. Uh, nice. Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, it exceeded three hundred million dollars in the arcade. Uh, that that is that's real money. 
it is that that's higher than the the gross of Jurassic Park, which came out yeah. the same year, which is crazy. That's uh, just goes to show, like an arcade. And I imagine game. their budget oh, was. I imagine their buzz budget wasn't even close to Jurassic Park. Oh, absolutely not. No, yeah. their, their no budget way. was probably under a million. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, of course, this all led to the home console release, as I uh, previously mentioned, on September 13th, 1993, dubbed Mortal Monday. And that saw the release of the Super Nintendo version, the Genesis version, the Game Gear version, and the Game Boy version. Now, today, we're going to mostly be talking about the Super Nintendo and the Genesis uh, ports. That's what I think most people are familiar with. Maybe a little arcade stuff sprinkled in. That being said, uh, let's start with uh, Upper Chris. We already know you're a big Mortal Kombat fan, but but tell us uh, your history with the the first game. What do you what do you remember? Uh, take it away. Um, I remember going to see a movie at my local mall, and there was an arcade like right next to the theater. And me and my friends went in there thinking we're going to play like some Street Fighter Two or something like that. And there was this gigantic crowd in the back, and I couldn't even see what the damn game was. And I finally managed to wiggle my way to the front and I saw that it was this Mortal Kombat thing that I knew nothing about. And I remember watching like get people getting punched and we got blood flying off of them. And I'm like, what? Like, I've never seen a game with actual like blood in it like that. And it kind of blew my mind. I'm a huge horror movie fan and all that. So seeing something like that kind of blew my mind. And then somebody ripped someone else's heart out. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like I, I need to play this, and I remember like putting my coin on the on the arcade cabinet and getting my ass absolutely handed to me. And me and my friends ended up sneaking out of school during our lunch our lunch break so we could go to that arcade, play Mortal Kombat for five minutes, and then drive right back to school to finish up our day. We liked it that much, and yeah, I, I, I was like ditching hanging out with friends and stuff like that to just go to the arcade and, and play it. I liked it that much. But yeah, it was like a it was like a huge thing for me back in the day. I you can tell it made an impression on you. I love there are, there are some games like you 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 explain that so vividly, and there are some games that just like stick with you like that. And I love that you remember all these details on what happened, and and, and the fact that you discovered it in the in the arcade is really cool. And yeah. I was pretty pretty young. Like there was, if I remember right, there was no at least for for me, and and even though the game was developed in Chicago where I live, like I don't remember there being any hype for it. Like yeah. no one I knew was talking about it. I just remember going to the arcade and it was there, but like everyone else seemed to know about it except for me because I'm always the last person in the loop on things like that. Well, so. and I think in an arcade, it's not going to take long for a game like that to catch fire, especially at the time you didn't have, you know, this v super hyper violent video game is going to just draw anyone's attention. Even if it's not yeah. being played, like you're walking by and you're seeing the demo screen. You're, what the heck is this? Yeah. And I could hear it from the hallway. I just didn't know that that's what it was. I remember hearing like the thuds of the punches and stuff because they had the volume up so loud. But yeah, like I I knew nothing about it, but it was just the coolest thing I've ever seen at that point. I just it just like my, my brain melted out my ears kind of thing. I was just like, this is the oh, <laughs> we're here. <laughs> yeah. What about you, uh, Lower Chris? Uh, the first time I had saw it in person, um, I had heard about it because. I don't know, you know, school rumors or whatever, but there was um, a gas station up the street and actually not even that far where I live now that always had three arcade cabinets in it. And, um, and, you know, they would always move in and out of a few of them. And we come in and it's kind of a similar experience with him with the volume, but uh, the arcade machine was so loud 
and I can hear this noise. And I, you know, we had been playing Street Fighter, so you know, we were familiar with fighting games, just not that many. I mean, it was really just Street Fighter. And uh, turn around, and there's Mortal Kombat, and it's big, it's red and black, it looked really cool, it had a cool vibe to it. It wasn't as long as line as um, Upper Chris had to go through because it was a small town. But as soon as that guy got off, we kind of, you know, got to get him out of the way and we jumped in on it. And we were, we didn't have to play the computer to start off with, which was nice, you know, playing against another novice. And, um, you know, you don't really know who to pick. You don't know what to do. So you're just messing around and we're trying to, OK, don't hit me yet. Let me try to get the move down and see if we could figure it out. But um it was pretty fun. Within a few minutes, we started getting some of the moves. I picked Scorpion randomly and got through the little get over here deal. And uh, that was pretty cool, man. Um, we didn't we didn't do too well against the computer because after that, you know, one of us died. And then, you know, you play and we, we got rolled quick. And, it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I mean, it was the thing about seeing the blood, seeing hearing the, the the loud sound effects I mean it was so much different than you know Street Fighter was um was loud too but a lot of it was the music and, and well I guess it was some of their their some of the the noises that the characters would make but it was the the punching and everything yeah. that was so loud you know yeah those sound um, effects in in Mortal Kombat are so iconic like the, yeah. The, yeah just hearing those uppercuts and and you know well, and then they have that guy telling you kind of what to do, like, oh, finish them or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, that was cool. and Flawless um, victory. Yeah. And, and you know, even the graphics were so much different because, you know, it wasn't like you had said earlier. It wasn't like this cartoonish look. It was, you know, what looked like kind of real people by that standard of the day. Yeah. You know? And in the arcade, I mean, it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. The, the home console. Um. Yeah, you know, it made me think. You, you, you both mentioned the sound. Can you control the volume on an arcade cabinet? You, you can turn it up. You can There's a code up. you can enter. Yeah. You can even do it on the arcade one up to go into like the menu, so you can adjust everything. Yeah. You can adjust the difficulty, the volume, all that stuff. It might yeah. have been a, a little more analog on the older ones. Maybe I don't know. I, I've never owned one of those cabs, but um, sometimes you can go in and adjust things on the inside. But sometimes it's on the board. Sometimes it's. Yeah. Uh, a little button sequence you can get into a menu, but I'm not quite sure with that one. Yeah, I but wonder, you could like, definitely turn it up. For like, sure. is that like a, a, a if you're if you own an arcade, Mister Arcade Owner? Do you and you're like, oh, I want this. This is the hot new machine. I want this to make. Do you turn the volume up on that to kind of like it drop would be smart? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when it came to something like that, and I can hear it from the hallway. Yeah, you know, like outside the arcade. Yeah, that's like an attract mode thing. Yeah. Huh, that's crazy. Well, I unfortunately did not play it in the arcade. I'm a little, little too young at that point, but <laughs> I definitely had it. My first experience uh, came on the Genesis, which for the first Mortal Kombat is the better of the two because it has what? Why? Why? Blood. Well, because of the blood. Because <laughs> right. it had blood. And the blood. fatalities, the real fatalities and yeah. everything. Not sweat yeah. flying off of people and. Yeah. Now I was terrible, but I have the distinct memory of um, my dad. It's one of the few games that my dad got into, and uh, my parents were divorced when I was younger, and he, so he would play it when we weren't there, and he he got like pretty good at it. And I remember he was the first one that got to Goro, and 
I, I think I seem to remember he he like got to Goro and then like paused it and like left it on just like, you know, you couldn't turn it off. It's a Genesis. And when we came over, he's like, here's Goro, you know, and it blew our mind. Like, Oh my, he's, he's got four arms. Like, Oh, this is crazy. Like what? And then of course he gets like whooped by Goro. And I don't think he ever got past Goro. And then years later, I kind of like, not years later, but later on, I bested my father and I, I beat Shang Tsung and I beat the game and, it was uh it was a good moment. I, I remember that very, very well. Um so yeah, let's let's talk about the 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 arcade or the uh the home the home ports. Um we talked about the game. What is the game about? i I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast or watching it, you you have no idea what Mortal Kombat is about. And you're like, what what are they talking about? We're like 17 <laughs> minutes in. Well, I'll tell you what it's about. Uh and let me it's funny because the games get the, the the actual plot of the game gets like absolutely bonkers the the further you get into it uh the first one actually makes kind of a lot of sense or the most sense it's it's, simple. it's, it's just the simplest of the three yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the game takes place in earth realm where a tournament is being held on shang sung's island on which seven uh of its locations serve as stages in the game the introduction explains that, that Shang Tsung was banished to Earth, uh, Earth Realm 500 years previously, and with the help of the monstrous Goro, is able to seize control of the Mortal Kombat tournament in an attempt to doom the realm. The game includes seven playable characters. Uh, that's Johnny Cage, Kano, Liu Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, and Sub-Zero. Uh, and then there's also non-playable characters, including Shang Tsung, Goro, and Reptile. Um, so... Let me ask you. Let's start with uh, down below. You, you, you mentioned you played as uh, Scorpion. Do you, do you consider you do you have a main in Mortal Kombat? A character you you gravitate towards, or maybe a couple characters? Yeah, I I, I used to rotate between uh, Sub Zero, Scorpion, and uh, Liu Kang. Yeah. So I kind. I mean, I guess if um, I, I the go to guy would have. Uh, probably at the time might have been Sub Zero. I think I was a little better with him, but um, I liked them all, man. I mean, but there was ones that were a little more harder to master that I always kind of wanted to that you know I never quite got as good at. Yeah, what yeah, about Kano you? and Sonya are kind of kind of complicated to. I master. know that's and I always wanted to be badass at Kano because yeah. he looked the coolest. I mean, in, well, in some way, he looks the coolest. Kano in was it? Kano was and is my favorite Mortal Kombat character today. And I, I think it's a lot from the movie because I think he's so awesome in the original yeah. movie. Uh, and that just like stuck with me. But yeah, I could never get good with, I didn't ever yeah. play as Kano uh, because yeah, he's, he's difficult to play as. Um, but I love, love Kano so much. Uh, Upper Chris, did you have, uh, what's, what's, who's your main? When I, when the game first came out, because I'm a huge movie fan, uh, I immediately like went to Liu Kang because he reminded me of Bruce Lee yeah. and he made all the noises like Bruce Lee did. So I was just like, that's the guy. Um, and he was also kind of the easiest to, to learn because his moves are all the same. It's just forward, forward and one of the other buttons. Uh, but like nowadays, if I play it, I usually play as Sub-Zero because he's the cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I'll, I'll take the win. Zero was always kind of I don't know what it was. I was always... Uh, yeah, his his moves. He was the cheapest, but also I could do his moves. Yeah, versus just punching and kicking, I could always do the the shooting the ice up. You know, comes comes down. 
Well, and it's almost like you're. Yeah, that's in two. Okay. But if you're a Ryu guy, you kind of like it because it's kind of like the Hadoukens or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of. But yeah, um, kind of translates well. And then Liu Kang, I did I did play as Liu Kang a lot because he he it was really easy to do his like fireball. Yeah, his fireball and his kick and his fatality was also the easiest to do because it required no button presses. It was just rotating the controller or the joystick, and that was it. So so let's talk about fatalities for a second because this is a big draw for the Mortal Kombat games. Um, I always personally felt that fatalities were hard to pull off. did, did you guys have like versus uh, like a, a street fighter two doing their special moves and stuff? Not that they had fatalities, but doing their moves were a lot easier. Mortal Kombat, it always felt like you had to put in some crazy input, you know, to, to get these things to work, like to do. Yeah, I don't think there were any other games that use the controller combination and the button presses like that. Did uh, I, I think they, the extreme of that is uh, primal rage. Yeah. Where it's like three buttons. You have to press three of the face buttons and a controller movement. You have to like hold down and, all like, that, but like, yeah, Mortal Kombat wasn't like other than like the Hadouken movements. Everything else was kind of new to the genre for at least for me. Did you get into doing the fatality? Did you when when you play it? Did you do you like to try and do that, or is that just an? Added I, new I saw like when I first saw the game being played, I saw the Kano fatality, and I was like, yes, but like no one would tell anybody else how yeah, to do I'm it because everyone was kind of hoarding the secrets but like yeah. as the game got a little bit older i'm gonna say like a month after i first saw it, that was when like you could just ask somebody who's playing hey how but do you how, do that who, and, how do you learn that who who how do i don't know how i would never like i never realized like i saw at least two rounds go by where the finishing came up and nothing had happened and i was just like oh you walk up to him and give the guy an uppercut and, yeah and whatever and then i saw someone do the the heart rip and i was like oh that's what's really going on but like i don't know if anyone if somebody knew somebody in midway and 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 was told what to do or somebody just experimented. Like I would never think to do those button combinations. I would suspect they probably gave out little cards or something. Yeah, like a premiere, like when they when they premiered the game. Right, there was probably something that got ripped off the machine or something. Yeah, because it would be silly to because that's the draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean the violence, yes, and the fighting, yes, but if you can't do the fatality, it really feels it's not as satisfying. It's part of the the addiction, the hooking. You have to yeah. know. So right. I'm assuming they had to have some sort of display or something at some point. Plus, you also got to keep in mind magazines were bigger then as well. Mm-hmm. So, well, granted, there wasn't maybe a ton of arcade magazines, but they those same the regular standard magazines, gaming magazines would have these fatalities in them. I mean, and that's where I learned for like the home consoles. But I'm like, right. if, if this comes out in '92. And you got like a full year. Like, how did people ever learn fatalities to, to do yeah. that in the arcade? Like, I, I only learned by asking the people that were playing that I saw doing the moves. I'd be like, hey, how do you do that? And some of them would, some of them would actually tell you, and some would actually hoard the information. Like, they, yeah, they I remember going cool over or something. to my, my buddy Matt's house. And he, like, one night we just sat down and he showed me all the fatalities. Like, we just went through, I, he must have had like a tips and tricks or a game pro or something, you know, and he just, we did them all. And, uh, uh, yeah, and obviously the fatalities in Mortal Kombat One are like nothing compared to what you get today. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely bonkers. But it caused a lot of a lot of stir at the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, pearl clutching. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, um, but with parents and 
the government and I mean it was Mortal Kombat was one of those games that that the government liked to blame uh you know on kids problems for like right like like doom and mortal Kombat. these these games are turning kids violent you know do you remember like, seeing have that you, have you talked to the parents <laughs> yeah. yeah um but i have a, a a little a little video about that let's uh let's throw that up and watch that really quick okay Video games have become a $4 billion a year business, and a great many children, as you parents know, have put them on their Christmas lists. As ABC's Bill Greenwood reports, there was a growing concern on Capitol Hill that parents who buy some of those games may not realize just how much violence they're getting. One of the most vicious games is called Mortal Kombat. The objective is to finish off your opponent violently. Another method is decapitation. Critics, including the national PTA, say such video games contribute to violence in real life. And television's Captain Kangaroo says parents are not paying enough attention. Understand that these are not harmless toys, that uh, they can indeed uh, cause great emotional and uh, other damage to a child. Congress will be asked to establish a rating system to protect children from gruesome games. We now require warning labels on toys that can potentially damage children's bodies. Why not do so on a toy that can damage their minds? Barry Rhodes bought the game anyway, since it takes a special code to activate the violent scenes, which he says are a part of life. It's there, so I'm not going to try to hide my daughter from that. Even so, the giant Sega Corporation recently introduced a voluntary system to rate video games for use by a general audience, those over 13 and over 17. But there are lots of places where youngsters can play video games without such guidance or adult supervision. So next week, the U.S. Senate will conduct hearings on ways to supervise the video industry. Bill Greenwood, ABC News, Washington. And that is our report on World News Tonight. Later on... So, of course, this led to the uh, ESRB, um, the Entertainment Software Rating Board, uh, to be created in 1994. And that's the, the ratings that we get today. I got a question for you. So put yourself in one of those parents' shoes back in, in 93. Upper Chris, how, how do you think you would feel about Mortal Kombat? Not being the, the excited kid like... Where do you, how would you think you'd feel about that? I'd probably be cool with it, but when it came to the kids, if depends on how old they are, or how mature they are, kind of thing. But I don't, I mean, if I don't want them to play it, I don't buy it for them. Right. Simple as that. Simple as I that. Mean, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like, what, Chris, Laura, Chris, you want to chime in? Well, I was raised a little different, man. My mom took me to see pieces in the movie theater when I was like eight. So um I wouldn't have gave a shit. You know, are we talking about this? I don't know. I wouldn't have cared. I don't yeah. you know it's not I, I understand people's perspective, but um unless there became a problem, you know, I grew up watching wrestling and violent stuff, uh action movies, Rambo. This to me is just all the same. This doesn't really feel I don't distinguish this from commando. You know the the movie. I was just going to say is, Commando. Yeah, this is all this is all violent stuff 
uh, I grew up watching Black Belt Theater. We were punching each other in the schoolyard over it. I mean, and it's just know, because if it becomes a problem, it's kind of thing. You know what I mean? What were the toys they sold in the yeah. 80s and 90s? It was uh, Rambo <laughs> knives and, and Terminator Joe. toys, Aliens, yep. uh, Robocop, all R-rated films. Like well, are every, these, every, there's, a, every, there's a Rambo Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, like, I mean, find like, find an action figure that didn't come with a weapon. Yeah, GI Joe. GI Joe. C3PO. That's about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They all came with some sort of weapon. Yeah. So I don't see how this is any different. Yeah. Now I will. It's say, not like the violence is realistic at all in the no, game either. It's it's cartoony as hell. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the dude rips off his mask. He's got a, a skull, and he blows fire. Like what? I mean, I was uh, older when the game came out. I, I was in high. I was like a senior in high school when it came out, and I was just kind of like laughing at it because it was so over the top, ridiculous. I was just like, eh, "That's cool," <laughs> you know. Kind of. I didn't no, take I anything say, seriously, and I don't know anyone that did. I, I think it's a good compromise that they came up with the the ESRB because I do think that's like probably necessary. You know, just like movies have ratings, you cover your butt. Yeah, cover your butt and and like if parent it it helps guide parents, you know, rather than causing an uproar, they know like okay, right. this one's not for my kid, but if if Grand Theft Auto didn't have a rating and some kid brought it home, the parent would be all up in arms, you know. Right. Nobody told me that it was going to be this, you know. So, I mean, I I think we're probably lucky that it there wasn't anything else. It's so stupid, you know. Uh but, well, you know what that deal is. Lieberman was a blowhard who liked to him and Tipper Gore. That was the time of calling out these things. Uh, if it wasn't video games, it was two life crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they oh, were always something. It's always let's something. Not, let's, it's not always something. let's not blame the parents. Let's just blame everything right. in media. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's really what it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the kids need to be protected to some degree, no doubt. And parents should be. No, they should know what they're buying. They need to be informed. There's no problem yeah. with that. I mean, you wouldn't walk into a X-rated movie without that being, you know, told. So I get it, but come on, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like it, those, you know, they they wanted to blame video games and um, violent toys on all the nation's, you know, demise was always something. Yeah. But yet you could go to that same store and buy a Freddy Krueger outfit for exactly. Halloween. Yeah, you can buy his exactly. replica of his I mean, glove. Where do we draw the line? <laughs> you know, like walking around, kids are walking around for Halloween with Freddy's glove and machete, fake machetes and stuff. But and that's everybody okay. knew that stuff. Everybody yeah. knew, you know, like who Freddy was, who Jason was. These are all R-rated films, yeah. and, and and Jason was way more violent than, than these. I yes. mean, on a consistent level. That I mean, come on, Schwarzenegger graphic. movies were more violent than Mortal Kombat was. The, the pulling out the the skull with the the, the that was Predator. Line. That's <laughs> Predator, exactly. Yep. Exactly. I was yeah. like the nastiest. I mean, the scene in, in Commando where Schwarzenegger throws a, a buzzsaw blade at a guy and it scalps him is nastier than anything in the first Mortal Kombat. Right. <laughs> yeah, because that feels realistic. Yeah. You could do that. You're seeing a person get hurt. Not... I can see a kid taking these things and thinking it's a Frisbee and flinging it at somebody. I did that. I threw, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I threw a saw blade and it hit. A, I didn't mean to. When I drew back to throw it, I hit the kid behind me. And I threw it, and I was watching it go away. And I turned around. I realized that I just stabbed him in the head. 
True story. <laughs> but that was way before. I wasn't influenced by Commando, though. Yeah. I, I thought That's what I was going to ask you. I was going like, to say. No, it was a throwing gonna... star. No, it was a throwing star to me, but. <laughs> That's funny. So Mortal Kombat comes out. It's a massive hit. It causes an uproar. So what do we do? We make a sequel, baby. Bigger, better, and better. We get Mortal Kombat 2. Now, this is good. I found a really great, I think it's German commercial for this. I like to play you guys trailers and stuff, and I, I try to find the obscure stuff, stuff you maybe haven't seen before, and this is this is a good one. It's a nice little quick one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I saw there, but I love it. Uh, Mortal Mortal Kombat 2. So um, this released in arcades November 1993 and then on Super Nintendo and Genesis September 9th, 1994. Story of this one. Following his... This is where it's starting to get good. Following his failure to defeat Liu Kang in the previous Mortal Kombat tournament, the evil Shang Tsung begs his master Shao Kahn, supreme ruler of Outworld and the surrounding kingdoms, to spare his life. He tells Shao Kahn that if they hold the next Mortal Kombat tournament in Outworld, the Earthrealm warriors must travel away from home to attend. The new tournament is much more dangerous as Shao Kahn has the home field advantage. So this one, we got a new roster of characters, all right, including some returning ones. But the new ones, we got Baraka, we got Jax, we got Katana, Kung Lao, and Melina. And then returning characters, we got classics Johnny Cage, Liu Kang, Raiden, Reptile, playable, uh, Scorpion, Shang Tsung, and Sub-Zero. And then we got boss characters, Kintaro and Shao Kahn. And then you have unlockable opponents that you can play uh, play against, but not as, in Jade, Noob Saibot, and Smoke. Smoke. And then for all you out there that's like, where's my Sonya Blade and Kano? I know I was one of them. Well, it turns out they have a nice little cameo in uh, Shao Kahn's arena stage as prisoners in the background. They're all chained up. Yep. <laughs> chained up. So they're in the game. So all of the original seven are somewhere to be found in Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, Chris, I'm going to throw it to you, Upper Chris. You got the Mortal Kombat 2 in the background. Talk me up about uh, Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, like my memories of it? Your memories of it? like uh, you know is so, this one more important to you than this yeah this is this is this is the one that i love like mortal kombat 2 is like my favorite still my favorite fighting game of all time and this one i followed its development because they were testing the game at an arcade that i could drive to and i watched midway developing the game i saw it changing like week to week it would change the board and the arcade cabinet what do you mean so so, you so when going- i first saw it it was like a rough build uh, some of the characters are different. Like there was a space cowboy in it, and it eventually turned into Baraka. What? So yeah, it was this dude with a like a base, like a cowboy hat. It kind of, I guess, like he kind of was like a precursor of Aaron Black that they ended up using down the line in like the newer Mortal Kombat games. And like I went there the first time and I saw this guy, and I don't even know if he had a name, but it was just, everyone was just referring to him as the space cowboy because he looked kind of weird. And then I went back the next week and he wasn't in the game anymore. I and never like I, I like saw it. Yeah, it's, it was weird. Where is that prototype board at? Yeah, I know, right? Not only um, that, I've never heard of someone test like testing an arcade game. Like where it I think it was. Well, there was. I, I heard that there was always somebody behind 
the group that was playing the game that was, I guess, working for Midway and like taking notes and whatever. Yeah. And I, everyone was making fun of the character, which is why I'm assuming they got rid of him. Like so no one was in, no one was into it. Are you saying you played it before November of '93? Yes. Yeah, they were testing it for like months at this one arcade called Diversions in Chicago. Uh, and a friend of mine who was uh, uh, taking karate classes from, I want to say somebody who learned under Daniel Piscina, uh, learned about it and took me there the first time. And then I started going there every week to see what the changes were. And who's Daniel Piscina? Daniel Piscina plays uh, Johnny Cage and all the ninjas. So I remember there was like glitches in it. There's when they did put Baraka in there, the when you would do the finish him, the finish him part would come up. You can do like the babality. But for some reason, if you're playing as Baraka, you could still move around instead of like being frozen in, in place. So the people figured out how to do some of the moves early. So they did the babality on their opponent, and then they would walk up and do that scissoring move, and the baby would actually disappear. Like you see the blood flying, and the baby would be gone. And the next week, that was gone because I know that guy behind us was taking notes, going like, "Uh, no, that can't actually happen." Yeah. <laughs> like if they were complaining about Kano ripping somebody's heart out in the first game. We're going to get catch a lot of hell now. <laughs> I'm you're blowing my mind that you were able to do. That. Have you, Chris? Oh yeah, lower Chris. Have you ever heard of anything like this? No, I mean, I, I mean, I know there's gaming development, but I didn't know they had test markets where they yeah. were. Yeah, because there turns out they were developing it like right down the street. Yeah, that's like where. Yeah, do you remember? So I, yeah, I watched. I want to say like, I went there like four weeks in a row, and I saw them changing it week to week. Now, can you imagine if that was in today? You would have recorded that with your phone, and we would have all this really cool footage to look at. Yeah, that sucks. I wish yeah. one of you guys had a camcorder. <laughs> no, I didn't think to bring anything like that back in the day. Usually, yeah, I was like, I was going there right after I got off of work at like nine o'clock and running out there so I could play the game for fifteen minutes before they closed. Kind of Do you thing. remember <laughs> any other characters that never made it in? No, uh, like or any differences? If I remember correctly, Jax had a different move set when I saw it, but I never played as him. I would always just go right to Liu Kang because I his moves were exactly the same from the first game, except for the bicycle kick thing, which nobody knew about at that point. Everyone was just doing the fireballs and the the flying kick. Right. But like, I was just stoked to be playing Mortal Kombat two before it was officially released. That was that was just the only reason I was really going. You know, but it was, it was cool to see it changing week to week. I just remember like a couple characters would like show up, and I remember like Katana and Melina weren't really in it the first time I was there, and then they were, and stuff. It was it was just really cool, like watching it change. But that came out when I was going to when it did come out. I was going to college, and I hated my history class, and I would actually ditch my history class to go and play Mortal Kombat in the arcade with my friends. So I was like sacrificing my education for Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> Take it one for the team. Yeah, I guess. I got to sacrifice something, right? But yeah, like Mortal Kombat 2 was like my everything back in the day. I don't know. Something about it just clicked. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was just like this. I, like, I was living and breathing Mortal Kombat 2 for a good six months. So who, who's who? what do you think of the new uh, roster? Uh, for part two, I think it's a lot better. It's a lot more diverse. Um I want to say, like, even though they were doing like the palette, more palette swap characters, they were all completely different. It wasn't anything like repeated. Um, if you're fans of a character from a previous game, you pretty much can do the exact same moves with them and a couple extras. But the extra fatalities was what got me. Was yeah. what you know, trying to figure out what they were at the start. It should you be know, mentioned that too that uh, the second one introduced babalities, which we talked about, and uh, friendships. Um, in addition to the fatalities, so there's all giving me something among, among the people I knew, friendships were the devil. 
<laughs> you never did friendships. <laughs> what values? It was all about. It was all about just murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I just I took to it really quick. Like I, I immediately latched on to Johnny Cage and Shang Tsung. Yep. And those are my two mains for like a year. And I I was one of the first people among my group that realized that Shang Tsung had a third fatality. And I remember showing it to everybody, and they were like, where did you find this? I'm like, it was an accident. I was just holding down low, low kick the whole time I was fighting. And <laughs> I, I let go of it at the end, and next thing you know, he turns into Kentaro and punches your top half off. <laughs> yeah, because Shang Tsung's thing was like he could shapeshift. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, did you – did you, you, you're talking about playing it in the arcade. Did you own the home version as well? Oh, yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo right off the bat. Yeah. Like, they came out, ran out, and got it. What about you? Uh, that all day. What about you, Lower Chris? Where, where, where are you at on MK2? Well, that's my favorite as well. Um, it was uh, my. I first noticed it. I, I'm gonna shock you. I wasn't in a test market in Carruthers, this little tiny ringy deep town. But um, I, I used to work in a, another a bigger town, and uh, when we drive there, we stop. We would stop at this Seven Eleven for coffee or whatever candy stuff before work. Uh, me and my friend. We'd carpool and they had Mortal Kombat 2 and it just came in. It still had like, you know, like cellophane on the screen. And, you know, like it was, I was like, whoa. And, uh, you know, we played it a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I still wasn't that good at it because um, I hadn't got a Super Nintendo yet or, or, or a Genesis. So I wasn't playing either one of the games at home yet. And of course, part two wasn't out yet. But, um, about a year later, I came into some extra cash, and I went and bought a Super Nintendo, and I bought uh, Mortal Kombat 1 to get ready, because I knew Part 2 was coming out, so I wanted to get all, get used to it. And, you know, I remember, like, some of the criticisms about Part 1, not having the blood and all that, but it was still playing it at home. And, and But, man, I will tell you, and I, and I still feel like n- not a lot of people talk about this, but, you know, at the time, you had your big Genesis Super Nintendo War, I kind of feel like Mortal Kombat 2 won that war, or at the very least, it overtook the battle because that was always one of those points where... You mean on the Super Nintendo? Yeah, Super Nintendo over Genesis. Right. Because Genesis had Mortal Kombat 1, but it... One one Mortal Kombat 2, it goes back to Nintendo? But it it goes beyond that because uh, the Super Nintendo was considered the kiddie system. That's the one for kids. But they came out with this arcade perfect port, you know, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There might be some little nuances about the art, the stand up that's bigger or, you know, different, but it felt almost identical to what I was playing at the arcade. And I really feel like that kind of swayed the audience, because even if you go back to some of the gaming magazines at the time, they were always pointing how like Nintendo had all these kitty games, Mario, Yoshi, these things, and you know Sega was the big kid, the cool console. And they're like, yeah, you know what? We're not. There's no codes. You're just everything's unlocked from the get go. You know. So you're saying it. this this leveled up Nintendo and perhaps shifted the the console war in Nintendo's I, favor. I think so. I think so. Mm. I mean, I, I can't say it was only that. I mean, they were putting out some really good games at the time. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think it was might have been the fatality on the Genesis because <laughs> yeah. after that, I mean, and also, 
you know, I mean, if we're talking about just the console itself, uh, I always felt like the Nintendo, uh, the Super Nintendo controller was way more comfortable for the game. Absolutely. For all the fighting games, for that matter, yeah, I always absolutely. felt like they the were button better layout was definitely better. A hundred percent with the top shoulder and everything, and you know, and heck, originally you had to use like the start button and all that on the the three. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, to uh, switch between yeah. punches and kicks. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty lame, but um, I loved Mortal Kombat too. I still do. I always played with the Shang Tsung, so I can kind of learn his. Uh, I, I like the fact that you know. I liked his moveset. I thought he was awesome. But the fact that, you know, when you knew you were kind of like that elite, when you can just shift to another player because the situation and then use their move, you know what I mean? Like that was a real, you know, that was a cool, cool thing to be able to pull off. But yeah, he was, he was my guy. Yeah. I, I, I leaned, I still did Sub-Zero, but I also loved uh, Jax. He was cool too. He had one of my favorite fatalities. Yeah, which one was ripping the two arms off? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like beating him with it or something. (laughs) He just rips him off and then like flexes. Oh yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) right. Just stand there gushing blood from your stumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I, you know, uh, my my local rental store that I grew up with um, when they were kind of phasing out their Super Nintendo games, um, I had some birthday money or whatever and i remember there there's four games that i went and i was like i gotta buy these four games three of them make sense one of them makes no sense i got Mega Man x that's my favorite game of all time i got uh mortal kombat 2 mortal kombat 3 and spider-man like the the spider-man animated game which is a terrible game but i was a big (laughs) spider-man fan uh, but I still, to this day, have all four of those games, and and uh, they they were the ones that I rented as a as a kid, and uh, you know, still got them in my closet somewhere in the box. But um, Mortal Kombat two for me was actually I, I, probably the the least memorable as far as like playing it in my childhood. I I definitely leaned more. Uh, I have more memories with Mortal Kombat three or Mortal Kombat one. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat two. I mean, is we'll we'll get to this a little bit later, but um, you know, you you've said it's your the, the your favorite. Did you also say you think it's the best of the the three, uh, Upper Chris? Yeah, it's my favorite of the trilogy. But you think, but you objectively think it's the best one? Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it was the. It didn't try too many new. Th- I mean, it it did new things, but not a, not a lot. Yeah. It didn't go overboard with extra modes and stuff like I think three did. Um, so I still, I still hold that as like the gold standard for the, like the, the, the original trilogy. Chris, you, how do you feel? Lower Chris. Uh, it's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I like part three. I mean, I, I think they're all better than part one, but, uh, I mean, one has the simplistic value to it, but, um, I, I think two is when they hit the sweet spot on everything and, and three was cool and ultimate was cool. You know, they kind of built on it a little bit, but I still prefer one. And I, I mean, I'm out of the game. I'm not playing some of the current ones. There may be some that blow your mind away right now, but I'm not aware of them. Yeah. Well, let's talk about three, shall we? Cause it sounds like you guys got some opinions on three and I'm eager to hear them. But before we do that, let's watch uh, a little commercial for mortal Kombat three on the tiger R zone. Why? You remember this one? 
<laughs> I remember the R zone. Hold on to your eyeballs and get ready to rip into a whole new fist in your face reality as Mortal Kombat 3 bashes its way into the R zone. Use the backbreaker! Awesome. You will meet all your enemies. In this startling new dimension. They're right in my face. In the R zone. Here comes Wolf! Mortal Kombat 3 lives in the R zone. Who did he refer to? Here uh, comes Wolf. Oh, I yeah, I don't know. As he's I, talking about Nightwolf? I guess Nightwolf, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did all the R Zone a, was was a fancy tiger handheld game. Just did you have an R Zone? No, I, I took one look at it at the store, and I was like, "Oh, it's like if you were to take the red color of Virtual Boy and mix it with a tiger handheld game, and it's basically like a migraine in a head, you know, in a headset." <laughs> Chris probably has an R Zone now. Lower. Chris. I do. It's just in the other. I knew it. In the I other room. Knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm pretty sure Mortal that. Kombat's in it. That's hilarious. Oh <laughs> I did have an R zone growing up. I did not have Mortal Kombat. I don't remember what games we had for it. I think we only had like one or maybe two games. Because I, I think it was like a little cartridge you popped in, if I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that the Tiger GameCom had the same style of cartridge, like these yeah, tiny like little, little square thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it also came out Mortal Kombat 3 on the R-Zone. But we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the arcade, the Super Nintendo, and the Genesis. <laughs> uh, so Mortal Kombat 3 released in arcades in April of 1995. And uh, SNES and Genesis on Mortal Friday, October 13th, 1995. Now here's where the story gets a little, little crazy. Bear with me here. Weary of continuous losses... In tournament battle, Shao Kahn, who lost to Liu Kang in the Outworld tournament in the previous game, enacts a 10,000-year-old plan. He would have his shadow priests, led by Shang Tsung, revive his former queen Sindel, who unexpectedly died at a young age. However, she would not be revived in the Outworld, but in Earthrealm. This would allow Shao Kahn to cross the boundary lines and reclaim his queen. When Sindel is reincarnated in Earthrealm, Shao Kahn reaches across the dimensions to reclaim her. And as a result, Earthrealm gradually becomes a part of Outworld, stripping billions of their souls. Only a few are spared, protected by Raiden. He tells them that Shao Kahn must be stopped, but he cannot interfere due to his status. He has no power in Outworld, and Earthrealm is partially merged with Outworld. Shao Kahn has unleashed extermination squads to kill any Earthrealm survivors. Also, Raiden's protection only extends to the soul, not to the body, so his chosen warriors have to fight the extermination squads and repel Shao Kahn. With his final defeat, every human on Earthrealm is restored. Because I know we that's, all go into... That's, that's, that's a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. the story. <laughs> So it's 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 not a tournament this time. It's it's a it's a survival, survival against the the forces of evil. And um, this game we saw a bunch of new characters. A bunch. We got Cyrax, Cabal, Nightwolf, Sector, Shiva, Sindel, and my personal favorite, Curtis Stryker. And then we got returning characters: Jax, Kano, Kung Lao, Liu Kang, Noob, Saibot, Shang Tsung, Smoke, Sonya Blade, and Sub Zero. Non-playable characters: Motaro and Shao Kahn. Curiously enough, you'll notice that there is no Scorpion in uh, in Mortal Kombat Three. That's he's if, if there was one character that I felt 
is like the Mario or the Sonic of the Mortal Kombat franchise. It's got to be Scorpion, right? Yeah, it's like Scorpion and Sub Zero were kind of like the. I mean, I, the I character. Yeah, one A, one B, but I think yeah. Scorpion has a slight edge over. Uh, you know how many how many uh, covers has Scorpion been on? Yeah, versus and he had the catchphrase. He's got to get over here. Yeah, he's got the catchphrase. Um, okay, so uh, lower Chris is checking his phone or something. I'm, Chris, I'm sorry, I'm having a dilemma here. I'm, he's I'm got a dilemma. He's got a dilemma. He's got to deal with that. Upper Chris, <laughs> why don't I'm you sorry. tell me all about Mortal Kombat Three? Well, how do you feel about this one? Uh, not my favorite. I don't like the additions that they made to it to change the formula. I, I cannot stand the run button. I don't yeah. like the pre-made fa- the pre-made uh, combos. I thought the fatalities in the third one were so goofy and silly compared to like what was in one and two. I did not like the the animalities that they added in and all that stuff. It was like they just kept on adding more stuff and kind of like I, I thought I felt like they're kind of like diluting what made the other two kind of cool. Um, I like. When I saw Cabal's fatality where he like pulls his mask off and goes like boo and scares somebody to death, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> so it didn't stop me from playing it a lot, though. I still played the crap out of it in the arcades. I mean, if I saw it and no one was playing it, I was on it. Um, yeah. You know, Immortal Kombat, I say, is like sex. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like, I, I played the crap out of it. I played the crap out of Ultimate. Uh, but like, I would always end up if they had the Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet to the arcade, I would always end up kind of like playing Mortal Kombat 3 for a little while and kind of like wash my hands if I'd be playing a little bit of Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, not my favorite. You, sorry, Mortal everybody. Chris, you yeah, solved your dilemma? Okay. Well, this being a commissioner of a fantasy football league, oh, everybody must have got some sort of notification right now about something. And this lady who's the complete and she's getting booted. Trust me. This is her last. Uh, it's just a little side note. If you're in a fantasy football league and you have to cheat to win, like you're a scumbag. And she's ca- I, uh, doing it for one. In, oh, uh, I didn't mean to pick that guy. <laughs> your, your boyfriend quits the league and you take over his team while you have a team and you're swapping players with each other. And, you know, like there's all kinds of shady stuff this lady's done. Anyway, uh she's she's up by like three points or something right now and you know everybody knows what happened monday the games but this girl got four players she's got dig she's she's got all the people you need she's gonna beat her you know what i mean so she's like well it says it's over i'm like no it doesn't you're not even reading anyways sorry i had to take care of it because she texted me like eight times i'm keeping all of this in when you're on when you're on the Mac and you have an iPhone, it pops up here and I and there she goes again. I can tell you. She just, <laughs> I mean, I tell her, I'm like, dude, like, listen. If the game, if the game continues, then the game is going to continue. If they cancel the game, then you win. What do you want me to tell you? I'm not the NFL. So, if you're listening, Liz, you're a scumbag. Okay, <laughs> seriously. And this is her niece. Which is another scammy thing. I don't even think it's really her niece. I think she's playing against herself, and she's just trying to keep kayfabe going. You know what I mean? She's out. It's a work league. I got roped into creating a work league, and I constantly have to school this lady on the etiquette of fantasy football. It is. Anyways, back to Mortal Kombat 3. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) You didn't didn't tune in for that. 
<laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat 3, uh, this was probably the one I never played in the arcade. It was, uh, at this point, I was out of arcades. I didn't really care about them no more. I mean, they were cool, but I was all about that Super Nintendo life. And um, I think I even had a Game Boy or something. And um, so I bought it when it first came out. I was a day one buyer of this. And I loved it. And at the time, I kind of felt like, excuse me, at the time, I felt like I liked it more, you know, because it's new. But as time went on, you know, it, looking back or even now, if I were to if I were to go to play one of them, I would still prefer two. But um, I did really like I really did like part three. It was a great it's a great port. I mean, again, Super Nintendo knocked it out of the park again. They all the friendships, the babalities, the fatalities, the secret levels, the secret characters. You know, they did everything. And I never played it on the Genesis. I'm sure that one was good, too. But, you know, at that point, you know, come on. Seems all about <laughs> it really was. Like, I ain't trying to be that Nintendo guy here. But let's, you know, come on. It was when the better, Mortal you know? Kombat. They did kind of run that. At least yeah. for the last two, well, two and a half games. Yeah, ultimate is like a half a game. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like DLC or whatever, yeah. right? It's a patch. Yeah, it's yeah. a patch. Uh, who was your? Did you have a main, Chris? Lower Chris? Uh, I'm trying to remember the roster. I'm sorry, I zoned out a little bit when I was dealing with this lady. Um, did you? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, I never do that, but I couldn't get away from it. I'm like, ah. Uh. Curtis, if you had 10 something text messages, you'd probably pause this thing right now. So let me check. Not a single one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, um, I think I was just probably sticking more with uh, the uh, was like a smoke and all them. Were they yep. playable? Yeah, yeah I, I think. Yeah, I think I was kind of going with those guys at the time. Trying yeah. trying the new characters. I was really big on trying the new characters when they came out. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I it, it was just great. I There was one thing I really loved about the home versions is, you know, you have to keep sticking quarters in so you can really master those, you know, all those, uh, you know, all their finishing moves and, and everything like that. And plus, you know, the other good thing was is you take your one guy who you're really good with and you get all the way to the end and then you lose and then you bring in, you know, to continue or whatever. Nice. So you can see there. You know, see their ending or whatever. So that was always kind of fun. But I mean, did you have a favorite on part three? Yeah, as I mentioned, Curtis I know I, I I zoned out. <laughs> it was Curtis Stryker. Curtis. <laughs> well, that doesn't it, it, it make sense. That makes sense. <laughs> as, does he a, have two S? I don't remember. That there is not many. It's very time. little. Right. Very little <laughs> representation. Very little representation in media. Uh, and sports and everything where you can really, you know, celebrate a Curtis. And so when one comes along, you got to grasp onto that. Now I will say like, this is the one I remember playing the most in arcades, probably ultimate though, to be honest. Um, but I love like uh, Curtis strikers. Awesome. He's, he's got like the guns and the grenades and all the, all the fun stuff. Uh, yeah. I really liked playing as him. I do remember playing as um, uh, cabal. He's got like the weird sword things. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Now I yeah, yeah. I now that sounds familiar. I did him a lot. Yeah. 
him and Nightwolf. I, I remember playing as like uh, this one. Yeah, this one just has so many characters. Yeah, but by the time we got to three, I was like done with trying to be good with the other characters. Uh, like I was into the the new. I wanted to play the new people. Um, what about you, uh, Upper Chris? I I my main when I was playing in the arcade was the new Sub Zero, like the Sub Zero's brother with yeah, the unmasked. Yeah. yeah. He had the easiest like pre-made combo to remember. It was it was just a real simple like following the buttons along the the path yeah. kind of thing. Um, and I also played as Cabal a little bit because he was the cheap one as far as I was concerned with that running move where he would make you spin in place, right? Kind of thing. And I would play as him. But that was that was pretty much it. I didn't really like the like uh, Shang Tsung was like one of my favorites from two, but I didn't like the way they kind of changed him for the third one. It just it didn't feel the same to me. But yeah. uh, and Johnny Cage wasn't in it, so. <laughs> and in Cyrax, wasn't his fatality like he blew up the whole planet or something? I think that was smoke. I felt like he had that little bomb that came out of his chest, or I don't know. Cyrax, Cyrax was the one that like shut the net out, right? Okay. And, and Sector was the one that shot the missiles, All and right. then Smoke was the one that had like the bombs in his chest, and he would like yeah. just keep shooting yeah, them out okay. as fatality, and yeah. then the whole world would explode. <laughs> yeah, that was the trip. I yeah, like that one. I think that's from Ultimate. Maybe if I get creative, I'll, I'll throw up some uh, like the fatalities as we're talking. We'll, we'll see all the fatalities as they're happening. Um, I mean, if we're talking about three, we, we have to, as we've mentioned, uh, talk about Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which I guess, you know, I was trying to get to the bottom of why this was released because it came out uh, in arcades in November 95, which is the same year as Mortal Kombat 3. Hit home consoles in 1996. I'm I'm thinking this was kind of a response to the the fan reaction of the third, yeah. which was you know more or less negative compared to the other two. Uh, you know the 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 taking out some of the the popular characters, including Scorpion. Um, yeah, that was a bad decision. Yeah, yeah I remember so- right what I heard back in the day was that yeah they they kind of took to heart that people were upset that they took out a bunch of the characters that were like mainstays right and um yeah so they added a bunch of stuff to to ultimate mortal Kombat 3 and then yeah they they added returning characters jade katana scorpion smoke and reptile and then there was some hidden unlockable characters you could do melina classic sub-zero ermac and smoke in human form um this is definitely the one i remember playing the most in fact they have it there's an arcade or a barcade not too far from me that has this one and i remember playing that one uh recently it was uh, it was very fun good 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 time um and it's the the more collectible one on the super nintendo if you're a oh, super yeah. nintendo collector out there and that's the a little pricey not super bad but no it's it's considering, that mid, yeah mid-range yeah, considering one. for what it is it's a little well, it's a late late release right there yeah. 1996 um, do we have anything that you'd like to add about uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat three? I probably played that one more than the original three. Yeah, I I agree. As soon as I got that one home, the my other three, well, the regular three got really dusty really fast. Yeah, because I mean it yeah. just it just added stuff, right? I mean I don't remember it taking anything away. Like it's just oh, it just added stuff. Yeah, yeah just so like then, why would you? You know, like it, it made the other one obsolete. It did, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I remember and I, I mean, had a I had a Saturn on the Sega Saturn, and I remember I had a party, and that got played all night long. Yeah, I mean, when the you ultimate. saw the roster, like the big thing, you yeah, know, this is before 
Marvel and Capcom yeah. and Smash Brothers and stuff like this felt like holy crap, there are a ton of people in this game. Um, more because even even Street Fighter at the time didn't have like a big roster like this. Like they would add, you know, like Street Fighter 2 when they did like the the new challengers or whatever, there was like four more people. You know, this had a bunch. Um, that's what I remember about it. Yeah. Even with like Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I don't think it had as many characters as Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 had. Like once you would unlock everybody. Yeah. 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 It's a huge roster. Let me ask you something, Upper Chris. How much you play that cabinet back there? Quite a bit. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Yes. I actually replaced like some of the uh the interiors for the controls for the joysticks to make it to make it. No, just to oh. make them clicky. Okay. They originally came with like the ball topped joysticks, and I oh, replaced yeah. them with the ones that were like the actual arcade cabinet. Right. Oh, man. But yeah. Wow. And, and funnily enough, as much as I'm not a big fan of Mortal Kombat 3, I, I play that one kind of quite a bit on this. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, I think that uh, ends our discussion on the games, unless you have anything else to add. Um, but I would be remiss if we didn't at least talk a little bit about the film in this podcast, because I mean, come on, what getting ahead of myself. Why don't we just watch the trailer really quick and then we'll get to the movie. There it is. There it is. The the tune. I mean, we haven't talked about that at all today, but uh, uh that that music right there, that just mm-hmm. it gets me. Who did that 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 famous Mortal Kombat like yell? Mortal Kombat. I want to say it was for the album. The album was by the Immortals, which were like it was a spin-off of the Lords of Acid, and I think it's one of the guys in the band that did it. Now, because I noticed that you hear us, I think it's the same thing in that Mortal Monday trailer. Yeah, I think they took it from that because the album came out before the home version of the original game came out. Gotcha. Okay, that makes it was, sense. It was just Mortal Kombat, the album, and all it was was like remixes of that. That song. is such a, I mean, evocative sound when you hear Mortal Kombat. Uh, really fun. Did you guys watch the movie when it came out? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you did. It was, this was. This was, I mean, you got to remember people back in the nineties, we, there was only a handful of video game adaptations that came out. You had Mario brothers, which was kind of a stinker. You had double dragon, which nobody saw and completely I forgot saw about. You had street, you, you saw it and it's impressive. I saw all of them in the theater. 
You had Street Fighter, which uh, on the surface seemed like it should be great, but uh, none of them did their their moves. They kind of like cheaped out on, on the movie. And while it has become a bit of a cult classic, it was a bit of a stinker at the time. So there wasn't a lot of faith going into Mortal Kombat coming out in 1995. And then, lo and behold, it comes out. It's a big success. Makes a bunch of money. Number one at the box office. And I think, like, really until, you know, like, Detective Pikachu and Sonic came out, it was kind of the gold standard for video game adaptations. Like, you know, e even more, you know, screw Resident Evil, all those Resident Evils and Tomb Raider no. and all that. Like, yeah. Mortal Kombat was kind of the, the bar until those other movies came out, you know, just a few years ago. Um, I I love the movie. Where, where, where are you guys at? Lower Chris? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, I did not see it in the theaters, but uh, as soon as it came out on a home video, we were all about it. We got it, and I loved it. I even... Uh, how about this one? Oh, you oh got my god! Video. We had the animated one at the video store I worked at. Yeah. I was uh, I was watching this. You'll notice it's empty. I was watching this immediately before we started uh, recording today <laughs> to get to get in the mood. It's so good. This oh, one yeah. even has an exclusive uh, scenes on making of the movie. Nice. There you go. Well, they released that um, before, before the film. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. And hype so, everyone up. I, right. I actually saw this before I saw that, and I really liked this. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you know, for an animated movie. See, I can imagine that would be awesome before that movie came out. I remember renting that one after I saw the movie, and I was like, what is this bull crap? That and was they, they, they touted that as like a prequel to the movie, but it covers a lot of the same ground as the movie, yeah. which is kind of confusing, honestly, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. But, but I remember by, by, by cartoon standards, though, you know, you still had the violence. You still had like the loot. You know, this was as close as you were going to get to a yeah. Yeah. cartoon series of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But the movie itself, oh, it's I mean, awesome, man. Just like how close they stuck to the game is great. And you actually, unlike Street Fighter, you get all almost everyone does their famous moves in it at, at some point or another. Um, you know, there there is famously only one scene that shows any blood and that's when shang Tsung gets punched at the end and he's bleeding from the lip only blood you see in the whole film isn't that crazy they, they really you don't, don't you don't miss it it's in there though <laughs> well you know yeah. what you know the thing is curtis you had to put in the code the movie's the genesis the movie's the genesis version of mortal kombat um but but i i agree with uh, upper chris here you 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 absolutely you didn't need it i mean it, it was so in every other regard it's so faithful and like the goro puppet is so cool like just i where was where is that kano, thing kano right look now. rad kano i mean yeah. kano if you, if you watch that video i was showing you they were talking about how they wanted to have kano without that metal plate yeah and, and it just would, would not have worked that's, <laughs> that's kano's thing otherwise he just looks like a normal he's dude. just a yeah. dude yeah. yeah he's just a guy yeah, but, no, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, I, I, I still, it's, it's still probably my favorite video game. If I was only get one to take to a desert island, I'd probably take Mortal Kombat. I saw a midnight screening the day before it opened because huge Mortal Kombat fan, and I saw it with a sold out crowd at midnight, and I started a riot in the theater when the reptile fight started. 
because I had gone to like a comic book convention. No, it was a Star Trek convention like six months before, and I found a copy of the screenplay for sale. And I remember I read it in the car on the way back, and I was like, if this is what the movie's going to be like, this is going to be awesome. And when I saw the movie, a lot of it was in there, but like the reptile thing, all, all that happened was in the script was uh, reptile tries to jump Liu Kang, Liu Kang grabs him and throws him inside one of the tree's mouths from the Living Forest from Part 2. Yeah. And it just eats him. And that was it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of lame. Why would you build up Reptile like that I've been doing in the script and then just throw him away like that? And then I see the movie, and I was expecting what was in that script. And all of a sudden, I see like the human Reptile stand up. And the moment I heard Shao Kahn's voice go, Reptile, I went, yeah! And well, next thing you know, and, the entire theater erupted. <laughs> and that's one of the, the things they added afterwards. Yeah, that was a that was they did, in, yeah. They did test screenings, and uh, everyone loved the film, but they just wanted more fights. And so mm-hmm. the reptile fight was a, an added, uh, like they, they had the part where he throws him in the gargoyle and it, it yeah. basically kills him. But instead of just killing him, they made it turn, it turns him into the human one. And then they had, the fight. you're making me want to put this movie on right now. Dude, it's That's good. It's good. Dude, you have no idea. I saw that movie in the theater seven freaking times. Like every week I would go and every weekend I would go and see it. And I would always bring different people with me. And it was just That's the coolest insane. thing. Like it, it. I, I've always wanted to be like a filmmaker, but that was one of those movies where I was watching. Like the visual style was something like I hadn't seen before, and I was like, I want to make movies. This is like, I need to do this. Chris was so excited, he had to go watch it right now. Yeah, I know, right? He's right <laughs> like, I gotta put on the reptile frame. <laughs> yeah, enough of this. I need to see that reptile. Yeah, see, see, even the song. And then when wow. I found out that the song that they played over it was by freaking Tracy Lords, the porn star. <laughs> oh really? Like, what? The song that plays over the Liu Kang and Reptile fight was by Tracy Lords, the porn star. She like tried I, to transition. I, I no, I was on this with a super fan, Curtis. I mean, come on, I'm gonna prep a little better. <laughs> Jesus, I that I was nervous. I you know, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, uh, Chris, I noticed you were missing. Where's where's your where's your Mario? oh? It's over there too. I just I just got that on Blu-ray. I heard you smack talking. So yeah, this one on Blu-ray. Yeah, I had a I had to order it from an Australian company. <laughs> oh, I'd love to get that on Blu-ray. I actually oh, I really like the Super Mario, but I remember seeing that in the theaters. There you go. There you go. There oh, you go. Oh, there's movie. the I'm I'm actually I'm still you know, full disclosure, I'm still missing Double Dragon. Just as but, long as you don't have the second movie. <laughs> but I, I got this bad boy, huh? Oh, the animated one? Yeah. Nice. Now we're just showing. This has just become the VHS yeah. show. <laughs> you want you want to see the work? I mean, this looks horrible. Uh, tell me this quality is. Look at that little reel. <laughs> oh, my God. that's That was recorded in, what was it, SLP? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I remember that term. Shit. <laughs> Look at that. Yep. That is like the lowest quality you could ha- possibly have a VHS oh, yeah. tape. It matches the quality of the film. Trust yeah. Me. I remember yeah. seeing that in the theater and I was like, no. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen it, go out of your way. Check out Mortal Kombat. It's a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun. Just don't watch the second one. No, Annihilation is terrible. Terrible. It took me seeing that in the theater four times before I realized I hated oh, it. Only, only four. <laughs> the first, I saw it twice in one day. I saw it the, the morning it opened, and then that night with some friends. And the second time I, the first time I saw it, I was like, that was awesome. So the second time I saw it, I was like, eh. Third time I saw it, I was like, I don't know about this. And the fourth time I saw it, and I realized I was by myself the week after it opened. And I was like, 
this is terrible. This is one of the almost awful things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one hurt. So there you go. Mortal Kombat. Wrapping it up. Uh, as any of you know out there in Cartridge Club world, uh, if you're on one of my podcasts, I don't know if the other guys do this. I don't, I don't think so. But if you're on one of mine, you don't get to get off this podcast until we do one thing. And that's answering the three questions of doom. Are you boys ready for the three questions of doom? It's actually kind of nine questions of doom because we're talking about three three different games. All right. I think it's going to be a pretty th- easy three questions, though, this time. Uh, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say I want an answer for each game. Okay? So one, two, and three. And you can, you know, include ultimate if you want. Question number one. Should you play these games? Yes. Uh, Chris. Yes. Yes. No, and yes. <laughs> I'd say yes all around. Why not? Learn the experience. Try it there out. There you go. Question number two. Do these games belong in your collection? Yes, for all of them. Yes. 100%. You you can't have, a, especially a fighting game collection, you can't have it without the Mortal Kombat. I'll, I'm a little bit more complicated. I'm going to start with Upper Chris. Which version should you own? And I'm not not just well, that's why I said about. no. Not I just the like, one we're talking about. Every every game, which which version should you own? I'll, I'll oh, I'll you're add, talking about. I, I guess like yeah. You can I would say own one, own two, skip three, just get ultimate. No, I, I think he means no, a little more specific. Like, like uh, oh, which, which version? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, okay, so for the first game, get the Genesis one because it's it is more like the arcade for the super Nintendo get part two super Nintendo get three. If you must ultimate get the Saturn version. <laughs> Is that like, cause the music sound or it's, it's basically arcade. Perfect. It barely okay. has any load times. And I think it's only when you do a fatality, you get like a load time, but it's like the arcade perfect one. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't, I, Chris, are you going to be able to top that one? Well, I'm just going to echo. Well, other than the Saturn, cause I don't know. I've, I've never been a Saturn uh, fan. I've owned three Saturns. I've never turned them on. I just turned around and sell them. They sit there and collect dust. So I'm not much of a Saturn guy, but I do uh, defer to your expertise on the quality. But you're good enough with the Super Nintendo version. But the Sega, you got you. You kind of have to go with that for part one. No yeah. Doubt. For Genesis, you know. Fair enough. All right. Question number three out of five. Five being perfect. How would you rate each game? Uh, like on a number scale. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Five's being perfect. One is garbage. Uh, for the first game, I give it like a, I give it like a three. Uh, part two, I definitely give it a five. Three, I'd probably the original version of three, I'd probably give it a two, and the ultimate, I'd probably give it a three. Hmm. Chris, Robert? well, I, I, I don't know how you can give. Uh ultimate and one this well i guess you're going with your genesis version right maybe that's what your rank or you talking about just in general just in general yeah oh yeah um i probably skew a little higher on the first one only because how iconic it is and at the time i'm trying to put myself in the moment of when it was so i'd probably go with a four a two is an our perfect you know I, i will definitely go perfect on that um uh the other two i never played in the arcade so i'm just gonna go with home console I'd probably give three 
a probably a three and then maybe a four for ultimate just because you know it improved I, I i'm a fan i really like them if you're going super nintendo though for the original i mean it's it's better than nothing it's definitely better than the handhelds you know but um seek out a genesis and then you'll you'll get you know you get a much better experience but um yeah i'd go four five three Um, and then if, uh, we're going to do a fourth bonus question, fourth question oh. of doom. Uh, and we've already kind of talked about this, but what's your favorite Mortal Kombat game? Just one more time. Two. Oops. Oops. Yeah, two. 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 I'm going to say ultimate three. Okay. But that's probably what you played the most, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And that's, I totally respect that. I probably yeah. the same reason why I, well, I think there might be other reasons, but that's probably one of the reasons why I like two more. I think I that was the height of my fandom with it was part two. Yeah. Yeah, I played that one so much for so many months that yeah, it's it's the just kind of like ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Now uh Upper Chris, you have some stuff you wanted to show. You just pulled something off the shelf. Oh. I know you had something that you showed me earlier that Oh, you... I was gonna say if you're gonna get the Genesis version of the first game. Contact my buddy Eric over at uh, Toysaurus Games on Instagram because he has a patched version of the Genesis game called the Arcade Edition where they fix the music, they fix the animation, they fix the colors, and it's more like the arcade version. Wow. So check check that out if you are a Mortal Kombat fanboy like me. It, it's yeah. the version to have. That's awesome. Yeah. it's There was like a patch that was made online and Eric put it on a cart. So I had to have that, and it looks like it's a good, uh, good uh, case and and yeah, yeah. And The other, the other one that I got from him is this Mortal Kombat Two Unlimited, and it's uh, basically Mortal Kombat Two, but you can play as Motaro and uh, oh, Shao what? Kahn. Yeah, no way. I um, always but, wished you could play as like Motaro or yeah. Like yeah. I think the first time you got to do that was like in Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Yeah. And they put that crappy Johnny Cage back in. But, right. uh, yeah, the thing I was talking about before we started recording was that I've met a bunch of the actors that play the characters in the games, especially when it comes to the second one, and I have acquired a lot of their autographs over the years. I also have a poster that they've signed, but I had them all signed my Mortal Kombat 2 yeah, let's, uh, box. Let's see. So I've gotten, let's see here, Not Daniel Pacina, uh What's her name? Caitlin. I don't know what her last name is, but she played Katana Jade and Molina. I have um, Anthony Marquez who does Kung Lao. I have Carlos Vecino who plays Raiden. I have Philip An who plays Shang Tsung. I have um, oh god, what's his name? Richard Divizio who played Baraka. Um, John Parrish who played Jax, and also Paul Niemeyer who did the artwork for. Show that again. Combat. Get, a, get a nice close-up. Yeah, on zoom, that. zoom it in. There you go. Look at that. Ah, shit. No. Don't go to the light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even uh, is that a little Raiden drawing I'm looking at? Yeah, when Carl Cena signed it, he drew the little Raiden down there. That's pretty cool. Nice. But I'm still trying to get Ho Sung Pak, who plays Liu Kang, and uh, I don't remember the actress who played Sonya. I'm trying to get hers and also Boone and Tobias if I can. 
I mean, I should probably just walk over to NetherRealm Studios down the street and knock on the door and be like, hey, can I get an autograph, please? Why not? <laughs> you know, I could. Yeah. I'd probably get kicked out, but... Why would you get uh, kicked out? Who cares? I, I tried contacting them about an old show that I used to do so we can interview them, and I never heard back. So, But uh, the other one that I have is uh, I bought this from a local store. It's the Mortal Kombat on the Sega CD that Carl Spacino, who played Johnny Cage, signed. Nice. So, yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff like this. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what happens when you're a fanboy. That is cool. Yeah, but do you have Mortal Kombat on the Vectrex? No. <laughs> I can see it right here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have it on the Gamecom. Nice. Hey, you know what? I, I, I do too, and it's... It is awful. Yeah. <laughs> it is not good. It's not good. Not as bad as Mortal Kombat Advance, though. Oh, I, is that one no good? The GBA? Uh, yeah, it was like a port of Mortal of Ultimate Mortal Kombat, and it's like unplayable. Yeah. It's like it runs too fast, and the controls don't work. So it's it's like one of the worst things ever. It was like crammed. It was like throwing out so quick. Yeah, it's it's broken. Mortal Kombat Four though on the Game Boy Advance is probably the worst Mortal Kombat game I've ever well, played. I tell you, Chris, I'd love to talk about all these ports, but we're know, not here to talk about yeah. right. all those other ports. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you bring that up because I'd love to tell you about what we're talking about. Coming up in the Cartridge Club, we're starting a new year. You're probably seeing this in January. You're like, what the heck is the Cartridge Club playing in, in 2023? Well, we got some good games coming up. This month, this is a crazy one. They're playing Fantasy Star on the Sega Master System. There's a throwback for you. You guys ever play? I don't I don't get into the RPGs. You yep. guys... I was watching the Q-Dog stream that last night, too. The, the Q-Dog, of course, it's the Q-Dogs. <laughs> if anyone yeah. picked that, I have to assume it was the Q-Dogs that uh, put up fantasy. It's a, good, it's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're probably 101% correct. <laughs> That's what we got going on in January. In February, they're playing Elden Ring. You guys play the uh, the Elden Ring? I don't do the, the new game so much. No. I hear it's good. In fact, I was watching a video the other day. It was um, They were playing a game. It was called... Uh, Black Metal Band or Elden Ring Boss. And they would say the name of something and they had to guess if it was the name of a black metal band or a <laughs> boss from Elden Ring. And I, I'll tell you what, it was really hard. It was really, I wish I knew what that video was. It was really funny. Um, but that's what's coming up in February. And then in March, you get me again. I'm coming back because why? Because it's March. I always do March. It's March Madness where uh, normally we do a, a few games. Just like this month, we did a few games. There's only supposed to be one, but when I'm on, we got to do more than one because that's how I roll. And in March, can you believe this? This has never been done in the Cartridge Club in like what, the 11 years, what, 12 years, or however long the Cartridge Club's been going. We have never done Super Mario Brothers 1, Super Mario Brothers 2, or Super Mario Brothers 3. So that's what we're doing. We are covering the NES trilogy for the first time ever on the Cartridge Club. Pretty exciting stuff. We're going to. Talking all things Mario. It's going to be Mario Madness in March. So looking forward to that. Right before the uh, the new film comes out in April. So um, yeah, really looking forward to that. So stay tuned for those coming up in the Cartridge Club. Obviously, you can find us all over the place on Twitter, on Discord. Uh, just type in Cartridge Club into Google, and I guarantee you will find one of us somewhere because we are all over the internet. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Curtis Freisel or on Instagram. Obviously, I want to thank my guests for being here. We got the old ass retro gamer, aka Upper Chris. Thank you for being here, sir. 
Thank you for having me. Down below, we got older ass retro gamer. Uh, you can't take my joke. I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna edit that other part out. I'm gonna edit yeah, that. We'll, other part out. we'll know the truth. Nah, nah, I'm gonna edit all this out. I'm gonna make it look perfect. Perfect. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, no problem. Always. This has been a lot of fun. Sorry about Hopefully the fantasy football and the chips, but you know, it's been oh, a long day. That's that's gonna the ratings are gonna spike at that right. Yeah, pop a rating. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for watching or listening along if you're listening uh, to the audio form. Um, and we will see you next month uh, when the Q-Dogs, I assume, talk about Fantasy Star. So until then, CC Unite. Take care, guys. If you're listening, Liz, you're a scumbag, okay? <laughs>